0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: When it's time to hire, I know that finding the right person for your company can be challenging. I know it. This is especially true in small businesses where every single employee truly impacts the organization. So when you're ready to fire that next hire, my little friend called Mr. LinkedIn can help. I don't know if you've ever heard of this small company that's the best company at matching your role with qualified candidates so you can find the right person quickly, quickly. Well, it's LinkedIn, all right? It's an active community of professionals with 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn job screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you are looking for so you can hire the right person faster. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability, LinkedIn looks beyond just the hard skills. And they put your job posts in front of qualified candidates every day so it's seen by people looking for jobs like yours. That's why companies rate LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay them what you want, get the first dollars. Oh, no. Well, yeah, you can pay them what you want. You can pay them what you want, you know, if you're hiring them. It's really up to you. You're the boss, right? But with the LinkedIn... You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team to get 50 bucks off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Go say-
0: The oasis in the distance is no illusion. Although we might not be able to emerge from our physical constraints, an entirely new intellectual sphere will be opened up, permitting our dreams to be unleashed and our discourse to flourish as we ascend to the long-awaited moment, the 2020 NFL Draft. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It is April 19th, 2020. This is Tom coming to you from Sawdust Studios at the Washington, D.C. outpost. And Nick joins me from the Houston outpost. You know, and as I was scraping the universe for news about the Steelers, it dawned on me the draft starts on Thursday.
1: It's You know why I think that happened to you? Because we've talked about it a few times, and it's even happened to me a couple times because there are no days anymore. It's just day. It's just darker light out at this point. In it's pre Genesis.
0: It's before God made separated the heavens and the earth and light and dark. And we just
1: right. rewound. Uh, Einstein will be happy. mean Time is is quite obviously relative at the at this moment right now. But you're right. There's actually some major, gigantic news happening next week, which is that you, me, and many people listening here actually might be excited for the first time ever to watch. All seven rounds of the draft instead of just the first first one, because good God, we need sports.
0: Well, I think Thursday is going to be a little bit of a tease and and maybe kind of annoying as we have to watch the first round. But with with each pick, I'm going to imagine that guy being injured or a bust and just
1: (laughs) relish the fact that we have Minka Fitzpatrick. That's what I was going to say. I think we can actually turn the first round into some sort of celebration. You know, there's no nerves. It's like if we could go back to 2003 or whatever it was and just know that we were about to get the greatest quarterback to ever grace, you know, God's green earth. So maybe there's some sort of drinking game we can play where every time a team selects a player not named Minka Fitzpatrick, we chug a beer and celebrate. And I'll play some power chords on the guitar.
0: Actually, you have a really that, that's the makings of a great idea. Maybe what we could do is uh, do kind of a fifty-fifty offense or defense. Whether the next guy's me offense or defense,
1: that's actually not a bad idea. Now that might that it? might
0: require a stomach pumping at the end. That's the only problem because I'm not very lucky in gambling.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, neither am I. Oh, what the heck? Shot. Yeah. That's all right. It'll be okay. But round one should be fun, should be interesting. I think there's. Uh, it's one of those interesting quarterback years because you got a couple beasts. Joe Burrow, unfortunately, probably going number one to the Bengals. But if we know anything about the Bengals, they suck. So maybe they'll mess it up. But I doubt it. After that, it's really interesting because you have Tua Tagovialoa who – He's one of those guys, he's an interesting prospect. He, he's such a revered college quarterback who had such a great career at Alabama, obviously cut short by injuries, but the injuries are what make him extra intriguing because it seems by all accounts he'd be going you know, number two or three in the draft. Obviously, the, the Redskins draft at two and they're probably going to go chase Young, but maybe someone would, would want to trade up to number two to get somebody like Tua In another year, but his injuries are such a question mark. And the other thing about him that's interesting that people don't talk about as much is he also he's good at everything, but he doesn't have like any super elite traits. So he's not super fast. He doesn't have a really strong arm. He doesn't have like incredible pocket presence like a Joe Burrow or accuracy. So he's not a what I'm trying to say. He's not like a sure thing. But he's a top tier quarterback. So, what happens with that when you pair that with Justin Herbert and Jordan Love, who are the project type guys, the big, strong armed, you know, athletic studs at quarterback, but maybe not as clean of prospects? When you pair those three guys together, it could make for some interesting trades in the first round and and seeing what happens at the top of the draft there.
0: Well, that's funny. I was listening to the NFL Network on on a drive, um, a legal drive to the grocery store this week, and they were talking about how strong his arm is. You don't think him? it's a – yeah. They, they were actually They're remarking wrong. that he can get the ball in there.
1: They're he wrong. Can, he's one of well, he's one of those – he doesn't have a weak arm by any means. He has a fine – his arm is fine. His legs are solid. Uh, you know, Burrow, his arm also just fine. Rather than Jordan Love or Herbert, they have howitzers. I mean these guys have absolute guns. And if you look at all the best quarterbacks in the league, most of the time – They have a really good arm, just like most of the great receivers have a really great – they're usually really fast or whatever that is. Of course, there's exceptions. Drew Brees has never had a great arm, but – Luckily, he was able to offset that by being the most accurate thrower of a football, really, of all time. So it's hard to get a comparison. So you need other things. We're like Joe Burrow. He has an average arm, decent arm, but his accuracy is insane and his pocket presence is insane and stuff like that. So, yeah. But but two is a great prospect. All I'm trying to say is that the question marks about him, we're not talking about RG3 and luck. Like, there, there could be some movement. So not only – is the Steelers draft really difficult to predict because they're in the second round. It's harder to pick the 49th pick versus, you know, something in the first round, but even the NFL draft in a whole could have a lot of surprises in it due to the, that weird quarterback situation and having three or four guys who could go in the first round. And I think that could be part of the interesting part about watching that first round go down.
0: Would you take Tua? I mean, if you were in the market for a quarterback, um, would you take him in the top
1: five? I think – yeah, I think that if you're in the top five and you're looking for a guy, it does just feel like it's so hard to get up in that range. I mean it can be done. You have to trade a lot of draft picks if you want to move up and take a guy like you know, Mahomes or whatever. The Chiefs had to move up to get him. They had to move above the Saints to get him. But, yeah, he does – you'd be taking a risk with the injuries, but – He's good at everything. He's definitely got the personality for it. He doesn't have any deficiencies in his game. But when you're talking slam dunk overall top 10 pick, you'd like to see something awesome. But uh, I'm just using him as an example. And the fact that the other two guys, Love and Herbert, they're also question marks because they have all the physical skills, but they don't know if the mental side's there. That's what oftentimes makes for an interesting draft because, man, not just that quarterback – And not just for the Steelers, but draft board, like these mocks are more all over the place than they've ever been. And especially when you combine it with the fact that COVID prevented people from really being at too many of the pro days, it could be a pretty wild and unpredictable draft.
0: So the Steelers are tied with Buffalo for the least amount of draft capital heading into the draft. They've got about $5.7 million. What do you think? I mean, I think you have to account for Minka's contract, though, in that, even though it probably isn't ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it just is what it is. I mean, the Steelers, I, I just commend them for not sticking to old, you know, archetypes just for the sake of sticking to them. The, the, thinking of the Steelers having so few draft picks is so anti Steelers like when you think about them being one of the main teams that's built through the draft over the years. Well, in my opinion, give me you know, slam dunk guys like Devin Bush and Minka Fitzpatrick rather than having a couple extra, you know, first or second or third round picks on legitimate question marks. So you look at them here and you just got to commend them for updating their strategy. Similarly, the Green Bay Packers were one of those teams like the Steelers who draft and develop talent. But they sort of got screwed with that and wasted a lot of Aaron Rodgers' prime by not bringing free agents in. And what did they do last year? They fi- they changed GMs. They finally brought a bunch of free agents in, and they made a run uh, all the way to the, to the championship, right? Uh, that was a poop game. But either way, I commend the Steelers for moving ahead. Yeah, they don't have many picks. Good thing is they also don't need many. They don't have many holes. Now, we talked about that. We are
0: really talking about depth, and in particular, there, there's a – I mean, obviously, there's a huge debate about where the where the Steelers should go.
1: Well, I was going to say last week we focused on defense. You know, we were talking about, oh, the inside linebackers and outside linebackers could use uh, some bolstering. And safety – let me put a pin in that and come back to that in a second, but we talked about safety as well. But this, you know, we also mentioned, and maybe we can go a little bit further into this today – that wide receiver is definitely on the table running back is definitely on the table you know kind of nowadays it's you know you almost don't want to draft like some people think that you know running back in the second round isn't a great value I don't know about that because I do think oh yeah sometimes there are Alvin Kamara's who come around in the third and fourth round but in my you know experience you're getting these guys in the first two rounds who are real superstars and then the question comes do you resign them and the answer is usually no but uh, I wouldn't be opposed to the Steelers drafting a running back in the in the second round if the right guy is there. But the other big position is going to be offensive tackle, since you don't really have a true starter at tackle. If Filer is going to move to the inside, and Villanueva has one more year on his contract, although I expect he's a Steelers for life type of guy, so. Today, maybe we can dig a little bit more into what we'd rather have on that offensive side, but there was an interesting piece of news that came out there. Some rumors that the Steelers might be trying to move Terrell Edmonds around a little bit more in the defense and maybe have him play more like a hybrid role, like a dimebacker type of thing. And our buddy, Derek DeKid on Twitter, uh, sort of echoed the thoughts I had in my head, which is, listen, I know this sounds attractive. This guy has the physical traits, but you saw what happened. Like, Moving positions and playing in an in-between positions, there's a reason why it's rare. There's only a few guys who can really do it. And by the way, you guys remember what happened to Sean Davis when they moved him around year to year. I mean, he had a, he had a pretty rough go of it. But it also says to me, if they're talking about moving Terrell Edmonds around, maybe that is sort of an admission that we'd like to get another safety back there with Minka who can open Minka up to do more things because Terrell is so limited in his coverage. So that just backs up what we were talking about, safety last week, and, and that being an open position. And maybe that's somebody, it's like, hey, this is a way we can get a starter.
0: So there was a, I guess, I don't know if it's controversial. controversy. Remember we were talking earlier in the season about how Minka wanted to be able right. to move around more, and that was a problem to Miami that he is no, actually no, was complaining he was, but he was complaining that Miami moved him around, right? Right, and now he's he's said he wants to be able to be more flexible while while he's since he's been with the Steelers.
1: Right. Well, well, hey, times change. The situation's totally different. He's moving around on a crap defense in Miami, and just he's unable to make any impact or get his footing because they suck. And you come to Pittsburgh, he gets his footing as a free safety superstar, and. You have better players around you who can cover for some of your spots. That's what the Steelers are really going to look for because, unfortunately, he doesn't have anyone around to cover his spot deep, and that's kind of where we're at. But what ended up happening later in the season is the season started great because he finally had some players around him, and he's able to make plays. Then other teams realize like, oh, this guy's a superstar. We're not going to throw anywhere near him. And and the Steelers are thinking, well, crap, we actually don't have anyone to play deep safety if it's not Minka, so we really can't afford taking him out of that deep safety role. So we'll just take what we can get there, shut down that deep part. So now he wants to move around because he'll be able to make a better impact that way, but unfortunately the Steelers do not the personnel. So that's where we've been. We sort of reiterated that point at safety before, for sure.
0: That's still my dark horse. I, I know it's, it's a yeah. long shot, but. I don't think I, it's a long shot. You don't think it's a long shot?
1: I'm, I, I just,
0: I, well, can we. We did a little, uh, Nick and I did a little bit of quote unquote research before this just to see what the, if, if there's any kind of, uh, maybe not consensus, but anybody coalescing around any particular position that the Steelers would pick uh, second round. I don't, you know, nobody's nobody's it's looking that all I've looked at
1: over the place. But here's a nice, yeah. uh, here's a good uh, tweet I found from Alex Kazora and Steelers Depot guys. Kazora uh, said it's a good question from Steelers Depot in the Friday Five. Don't know what that is. Which one of these prospects has the best chance of being the Steelers pick at number forty-nine? And so we got, uh, I think this is what they maybe it was like Gil Brandt had ranked the players, like uh, all the players in the draft. Uh, Like one through 200, or whatever it is. I don't know how far he went. And I guess Depot took numbers 41 through 59 and listed them up on here. So, listen, we don't study, we didn't study tape on all of these guys, but we definitely know a few things about them and uh, some more than others. But even just from the positional value standpoint, we can give you an idea of what we think here. So the first few guys that they have here is uh, Neville Gallimore, who's a DT, a defensive tackle from Oklahoma. And then a big name is uh, Jalen Regor from uh, Rigor. I don't know how you say his name. I always read it. But Regor from TCU, he's a burner. He's a big name that's been around there. Jordan Brooks, who's a linebacker from Texas Tech, although some people are thinking he might go in the first round. And then Lynn Boat, Bowden or Bowden from Kentucky sort of a hybrid guy um and actually I want to read these next two guys T Higgins wide receiver from Clemson and Michael Pittman the wide receiver from USC I want to focus on two guys here Jalen Ragor and Michael Pittman the wide receivers they have been getting buzz from uh Steelers you know draft observers researchers and everything like that and the draft community in general they're two very different guys. Michael Pittman, 6'4", monster sort of touchdown machine from USC. Jalen Regor, burner from TS, uh, TCU. The good thing about Jalen Ragor is he's one of the best big play deep threat receivers in the draft, but he didn't run great times at the Combine. And to me, I like that. It reminds me of Antonio Brown, which, what's that? And James Washington. Well, James so, Washington didn't run a good time because he's not fast. That's a little bit different. You can tell oh. on, the, on the tape that he's not that fast. But I sort of like when the guys who are so clearly fast on tape don't run a good time because if I'm a GM, I don't care at all about what the time is if I've seen him on the field running past other fast people actually Tony Dungy had a quote on Twitter the other day that he said Chuck Knoll used to tell him when he was scouting for the Steelers and he said when you're out there on the road don't look at numbers don't look at bent reps don't look at how fast they run on a clock don't listen to other scouts trust your eyes and what you see on the field and that's why I love Ray Gore for the Steelers because like Antonio Brown didn't run a great 40. He didn't test that well at the combine. He fell all the way to the sixth round. And we know he's not as fast as as Odell, but that did always seem weird. It's like, Brown is fast as hell, and he's quick as hell, and he's very strong for his size. So the fact that he tested poorly let him slip, and I think that might be happening with Ray Gore. And if you ask me to choose in between the fast burner and Ray Gore or the big guy, and we're talking a more polished big guy in Michael Pittman. This isn't like Devin Funches. This isn't just some guy who all he can do is catch jump balls. He's a more polished receiver. But for me, I I really hope, the Steelers are picking a guy who can open it up deep. Just because we have seen what Ben Roethlisberger has done over the years with Mike Wallace, with Martavis Bryant, even with Sammy freaking Coates for a couple games. He turns these guys into stars, and they open up so much more for receivers underneath. So they're not just getting you those big plays, which you're going to need. You're not just going to be able to matriculate the ball down the field you know, six times a game to score points. That's not how the Steelers work. That's not how Ben works. You need to have some big play threats. And I'm just worried that we don't know if James Washington can consistently be that or not. And so that's why I like Ray Gore instead of Pittman.
0: So in that list, he uh, has nobody, no running backs in that list. And the um, well, like Chad oh, Breiter, Hilaire, say- uh,
1: it's that Clyde Edwards Hilaire from LSU.
0: Uh, yeah his name is so long the rb is nearly off the screen right um so chad reuter an nfl network draft analyst is the other guy who's that i looked at who's choosing um running back cam Akers. right so if you had to balance those two let's say no other we're not talking about any other off offensive position where would you focus
1: well if we're talking about the running back there's three guys whose names are out there it's cam Akers, like you said from florida state he's a complete prototypical Steelers running back. He's a giant. He's a big guy. He can take a pounding. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he can do everything. He would kind of be my favorite pick. Or actually, Jonathan Taylor as well from Wisconsin is another guy. He's a big bruiser, but he had a big uh, combine victory where he he actually ran like a 4-3, which is sort of – Not shocking, but surprising. I mean, he looks fast on the field, but to even, uh, to sort of have the... That's what the numbers are for, like I'm saying. If there's a weird discrepancy where it's like, oh, the guy ran a slow time, but I've watched him run past every player in college for a few years, like, I'm assuming he just ran a slow time. Rather than if a guy's fast and he runs a fast, no one's running like an extra fast time. You know what I mean? It's just not really as... I mean, it happens, but not with these star players. So either way, if you're looking at... Taylor, Akers, but especially Edwards, Hilaire, and Taylor, those are more some of those, you know, stud running backs. And the Steelers seem like they've been sending signs that they really value that running back position. And my position has been this the whole time. If James James Conner can stay healthy for a whole season, he's like a top 12 running back. He catches and gets yards after the catch, he gets the grinded-out yards, he makes long runs, he's great at pass blocking, he's a really solid running back, just has never, ever been healthy, and so you can't really expect that. I personally, you know, if I had to choose between running back and receiver, I'm taking a receiver because I want somebody to open up, you know, the deep game that way. Any one of those running backs is going to be a good fit, you know, I mean... It's hard to choose in between them. They'd all be fine, especially if you can talk about guys who are going to stay healthy. But the other big position that they're wondering about, and and this one, sometimes I think this is the most likely of all, offensive tackle. Because the Steelers don't really – they don't have a starting offensive tackle at this point. And Villanueva, he's not getting older. So I I don't – I mean, he's getting older. All humans do. But I don't think that we're, like, totally worried about him at this point but the fact is, he is in the last year of his contract, and you like to see what the Steelers can do. And you're talking about starters. Like, is there anyone the Steelers are actually going to draft to be a starter? Tackles the one position where I could see, uh, that, if you draft someone to that position, they could be a day one starter. So that's a really interesting one. And we've talked about how important the offensive line is ad nauseum before the free agency period started. So I could definitely see them uh, doing something like that.
0: I've bought into the Super Bowl window theory. Yeah. And I'd like all the tools necessary to do that. And so the guy uh, from Sports Illustrated uh, designated Lucas Niang from TCU, offensive tackle, who he right. said could either unseat Filer or uh, Al day one. Now, you know, I definitely – I still harbor nightmares about when we didn't have an offensive line and the yeah. damage that was done. and. You know, I'm not saying Ben Ben could have gone to 45, but I think it took some years off of him to yeah, sustain all sure. those sacks. So I never want to be in that position. I've always said if I if I could ever have a team, I would I would start with the offensive line. However, I don't think it's a, in the um, break glass in case of emergency situation right now. I mean, the offensive line right. still looks very solid and you could get another year and uh, again, I haven't done any analysis on what the upcoming classes look like, but I still think you can get offensive tackles in the future. So I will throw one other position in there that's just fun, and it it marries with a story we have later: um, quarterback. Right. So it's possible not in that
1: the not in the second. There's no chance in God's green earth that they're going quarterback in the second. It's frustrating that you see national analysts sort of post that or say that Jalen Hurts should be taken in the second. People have an issue with Jalen Hurts. I talked about this before. They think just because he's a good scrambler, like people don't consider him a top prospect, even though he put up huge numbers at Oklahoma. He's not a high-round prospect because he can't throw the ball accurately. And he only makes one read, and if the first read isn't open, he runs. And he's a cool guy, and he's a great runner, and he's got a good arm, but he's an absolute project. If this isn't some, like, bias against scrambling quarterbacks. You know, I know Lamar Jackson went later than he should have, obviously. I was shocked when he went as late as he did. But, you know, some people talking about Jalen Hurts to the Steelers, it, it's highly unlikely, and it wouldn't be in the second round, because, like you said, they know that they're in the window, The question is, do you want to, like, put – which side of the ball do you want to make tip over the side? Like, the offense is a piece or two away from being, you know, a top-tier offense. They're not going to be a top-five offense no matter what they do, right? But they're a piece or two away where it's like, hey, if you got Rhaegor, if you got another great receiver, you'd sort of feel like you did during the Killer Bees era where it's like it's an embarrassment of riches and you know the Steelers can put up points. On the defensive side, you can argue that they're already there. They're already at superstar level, but like we pointed out, they're one inju- injury away at, at certain positions from you know, having some weakness. So are you going to bolster them and make them an elite group, or are you, are you trying to even them out and have uh, you know, a seven offense and a seven defense out of ten? So it's interesting to see, but quarterback doesn't seem likely. The Roonies and Colbert expressed their faith in Mason Rudolph in the, as the backup quarterback. I hate that. Uh, but, you know, I just don't see them going quarterback anytime early in the draft. Now, maybe somebody else wants a quarterback and they trade up with the Steelers. So that'd be interesting. But otherwise, I don't know.
0: Yeah. It seems like you have needs before, way before you start having that quarterback conversation. I'm just very curious to know how they'll go about that in the future. Cause you know, Mason, I think you've made the point flashes aren't the same thing as, uh, you know being able to extrapolate that for as a future franchise quarterback
1: that's my thing it's like it's not even flashes there are no flashes that's the problem and and people get angry cuz they don't know what they're talking about but the thing is the guy cannot he's not going to be able to throw the ball harder it's not going to happen you're you're already in the NFL the the velocity is basically what it is it's, it's going to be negligible what he does. So, sure, can he become a, a better player than he was last year? Of course. Everybody gets better. Yeah, but I think we all know from what we saw that's not a franchise quarterback. But even as a backup quarterback, that scares me just because of his physical limitations being so limited. You remember what I was saying about Tua being like, he's good at everything. He's not amazing at, at anything. I mean, Rudolph isn't even good at anything. Legitimately. I know that sounds like people might get pissed saying that's a that's a, um an exaggeration, but is his pocket presence good? It's terrible. Is his scrambling good? It's terrible. Is his arm strength good? It's really bad. And by the way, everybody who thinks, oh, but he throws these moon balls deep forty yards down the field, that's a good arm. Everybody can do that. Anybody can throw the ball down the field 40-50 yards. I can walk outside right now with no warm-up and throw the ball 50 yards down the field, no problem. That's not arm strength. Arm strength is zipping it in between two guys on a 20-yard in-cut or scrambling, evading the rush, and then throwing it 65 yards like Ben would do or Russell Wilson would do. Like Just because you've seen him throw the ball downfield doesn't mean he has a good arm. Everybody has that kind of arm, right? So that's just my issue with him. He doesn't do anything very well. And, um, but I don't know. You're right. It's like they're they're going window right now. And and I think the reason why they took Rudolph was because they had the two, three round picks. So they were like, hey, let's take some guys in the years leading up to the end of Ben's career to see if maybe someone actually sticks as a developmental guy. But I don't think they took those guys. It's like this is going to be the successor to a guy who we took at number 11 overall, you know, 16 years ago.
0: Okay, you're Kevin Colbert. You're in the virtual war room. Who are you going with for our, for our first pick? No position. You don't need to name a name.
1: Well, I think it would go between. It, 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 for, uh, yeah, it's it's impossible. I mean, it's it's safety, receiver, running back, or offensive tackle. And if I have any of like the elite type prospects who are still available at one of those positions, that's what I'm going with. Like when Juju slid to them at the end of the second round, that's really more of a borderline first round type of guy. If there's – if Winfield, he's not going to fall that far, you know. Maybe he will, but Antoine Winfield, the safety from Minnesota, if he falls that far, like I'm taking him. I'm taking a guy who can get on the field right away and be a starter for the Steelers and therefore sort of create more depth because the current starter can go behind him. The receiver was an interesting conversation because we know Juju's going to be a stud. I'm sorry for you guys who get mad if he doesn't catch 120 passes a year, but let's not get spoiled with Antonio Brown. I think Heinz Ward was a pretty damn good number one receiver, and he wasn't that type of guy. Uh, Juju's going to be great. I think we could—I'd be comfortable betting that Deontay Johnson's going to be great. I mean, his tape and the separation he gets and the big plays he makes, it's pretty crazy. Washington's a question mark. So you wonder if the Steelers are going to roll the dice and say, we're good. We know they're not proven, but we've seen enough to take the risk. These receivers are going to be good. We're going to prioritize the running back. But, yeah, damn it. I really don't know. You'd have to ask me when the players are are on the board. I just want— a player at either running back, safety, tackle, or, or receiver who's going to be a starter on day one and take the offense or defense and make them better right away. Yeah, that's greedy. But, damn, if you're the Steelers, you don't need to draft receivers in the second. <laughs> you can draft them in the fifth. He'll be a stud. That's the way I feel. You know what? A receiver is sort of like a shiny toy
0: that you don't need. It's just fun because it's very obvious whether they're going to be, you know, whether they do right. well or not, do they, do they catch anything? The Steelers have plenty of maybe unproven or untested depth, but they do have depth there, and they have some proven. Rece- I mean, they have Juju, so I'm not as worried about that. I and as far as running back goes, I'd roll the dice there. I'd hope for Connor. I hope for. I'd hope we get twelve games out of Connor this year, and hope any Snell can step up in his second year. I really like the idea about safety more and more because I think. You know what? My biggest fear on defense is injuries to linebackers, and I just think by bringing you're not going to get a great. I have not heard anybody say that there's going to be a great linebacker inside, or um, maybe we'll get some sort of edge rusher to sort of bolster that. But if you can get the a good safety to let Edmonds sort of float down into the in the nickel, am I right or, about that? Or play less. <laughs> Well, I I just need to shore up the linebacker, and I just think if you get another, if you can just shore up the secondary a little bit more, they can help out uh, at the second level. So,
1: well, here's here's something to argue towards that is the fact that the Steelers don't draft defensive backs well, so they better draft them higher because at least with the receivers, you know, we've seen we've seen the Steelers draft plenty of guys in the middle rounds who do better, and then with defensive backs, we've never seen it work out that way, you know. So that is a good argument towards getting one of those safeties high. That's what I'm saying. Like, if there's one of the beasts, if Winfield's available, Antoine Winfield from Minnesota, then, yeah, that that is intriguing that way. Um, But I also like the idea of uh, imagine if there was a real starting running back that the Steelers could truly rely on and give the ball to a bunch, you know, every game and – the guy's going to get yards and he's going to get touchdowns for them. He's going to help that red zone offense that was so bad last year. Obviously, you know, Ben wasn't there. But, um, yeah, that, 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 that's exciting too. And you like the thing with a running back, which will be nice, even over receiver, is you know he can be involved. Um, rather, as a receiver, he's going to have to fight his way up the depth chart. But, it, but it's also funny because with a running back, it's like, is he really going to beat out James Conner in a training camp situation if Conner's actually healthy? It's like, I wouldn't think so because James Conner's a re- more refined sort of player. So, yeah, we can really go anywhere with this. It, it, it's pretty wild. Um, I don't know if you're not getting better, then you're getting worse on offense. That's my only worry with that. But uh, we'll see what they end up doing, and then we'll definitely be pouring over the tape when the Steelers do make those selections next Friday, right?
0: Friday. Like a vulture, alighting on the carcass of the XFL. The Steelers extracted another five players this week. I'm not going to bother to read the names. Never heard of these guys, but two DBs, a wide receiver, a tackle, and a center. There you go. So, can't Get those bodies, bodies in apparently. there.
1: Get those ben, bodies in there.
0: interview on Sirius XF, X, uh, XM NFL Radio this week seems to be a lot more comfortable in his own skin now. He's not worried about the Steelers drafting a quarterback. He's not worried. Draft him. Don't draft him. I don't care.
1: Yeah, he came out there and said he doesn't doesn't mind if they draft a quarterback in the second round because it's not like it's going to make me go out there and try to be any better because I'm already trying to do that anyways, you know? Um, It it is funny because it's like I think part of it, you know, if you're the quarterback – A second-round guy or quarterback at 49 seems a lot less threatening to me than a first-round quarterback. (laughs) So maybe that's just part of it. And he knows he's towards the end here, and he kind of realizes, okay, they're not trying to push me out. We're going all in, so I feel good about this. I mean, I believe what he says about, you know, he's already trying his hardest to to do his best there. It's such an interesting dynamic with Ben because he doesn't throw in the offseason, which literally nobody else does. And, and i think that's part of the big reasons why he gets rust at the beginning of the year i think another big reason is like we've said he's he's sort of um he's like a it's not momentum he's like a rhythm quarterback like if he gets if he throws more he gets better when he can kind of feel the game out he's not going to sit there and study the defense for 16 hours during the week and neither are the steelers offensive coaches and they're and he's better when he can get a feel for it and when he can get hit a few times realize that he's going to be okay and then go out there and do it. So this season's weird because he's actually throwing in the off season so I'm wondering wow could that take away some of the rust but then obviously he hasn't played for a year so you're losing some of that momentum which I find very interesting. But do you think he'd be more motivated if there was a first round quarterback in camp because I definitely I do think that he would have firearms, but I don't think he needs more motivation. But just the statement about, like, hey, if there's another guy in camp, I'm not going to have to push myself harder. I'm already pushing at capacity. Like, he's such a competitor. There's no way that he wouldn't want to bury that guy.
0: Totally agree. I don't think he'd be worrying about his starting job. I just think he needs to prove himself like no young whippersnapper.
1: Right. Let's Let's not not have a shred of doubt. Let's not have anyone think for a second – you know, have any confusion about who's the Hall of Famer and who's a child <laughs> he, he would hate you, him.
0: you think the Patriots have a drone over his house when he's up back there with Switzer throwing just trying to get some
1: I think they're okay. They have a drone inside Tomlin's head, so they seem to always know what we're going to do. I think they're okay with that.
0: All right, I think we have a very exciting week ahead of us, and uh, I'm really excited for our show next week, so. <laughs> Visit us on our website, newly recreated, steelersoutpost.com. Check us out on Instagram at Steelers Outpost. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost or shoot us an email at steelersoutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers.
1: Okay, bye bye. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.